What up, world? It's your boy, the Puerto Rican Powerhouse, the Mike for Hire, the podcast mercenary, Christian Joel Ramos, back at again with a brand new review, and today we're going to review a brand new show, at least brand new to me. I know it's been out for a while, but I've been dealing with other things like life to be following shows this well, but this one is, uh, it, hits one, it hits close to home. Naughty Dog Games, 2013, let's back up, created one of the best iconic series for video games that felt so cinematic that years later they would have Pedro Pascal play the lead character. I'm talking about The Last of Us, people. Now, The Last of Us is based off the video game by Naughty Dog. And Naughty Dog is also famous for Crash Bandicoot and, of course, the Uncharted series. But Last of Us was definitely something uh, we didn't expect from Naughty Dog as far as depth. Because Uncharted was different because unlike Crash Bandicoot platform game, Uncharted was an action-adventure game. And it was cool. It was very nice, like Indiana Jones-esque uh, series that went through a few titles. I think it was four total. I beat them all, though. And that being said, The Last of Us was an action adventure, I guess you can say stealth horror game as well, because it's a little different than a standard horror game. But, of course, it was such a great series. I mean, this thing was like one of the best games in what the decade. When it came out, it was definitely an iconic series indeed. And now to see it on HBO Max, soon to be the Max, that's a different subject for a different day. I am hyped to review it with all the... See, for me it's different this time because I'm not writing notes. I mean, I did take notes, but it's more like I'm comparing the episodes to how much the game they got. Like, again, just like how books can translate to movies and sometimes they don't. It's just a matter of okay, we'll see what we'll see what happens. We'll see how this turns out. So, episode one titled "When You're Lost in the Dark," fungi pandemic theory. Now, I remember this came out peak pandemic when COVID was be, you know still running amok, and it hit too close to home on many factors. And now, fast forward to 2023, there was like some sort of scare going around that a fungus was actually spreading like a viral sensation. Like, oh shit, the last one was happening for real now. This was definitely not what I expected in my bingo cards for 2023, but here we are. And I was like, damn, this is how we're going to, okay, whatever. So it um, essentially was this cool like series, it looked like a British, you know, BBC, BBC series or something like that where they have a scientific guest, and he explains the fungi pandemic theory. He explained it very well detailed. I'm not going to even try to copy what the man said. Just watch the episode. And fungus controls the ants. It's like a puppet master and a puppet, you know, puppeteer. Um, then it just, like, really gets to the point where, like, the host becomes like a zombie. Essentially, like, it's just his meat puppet for the fungi because fungi apparently uh, slowly turns you into it. And luckily, us for us human, we're not sub, sub small species. But what if this thing were to grow to the size of um, it could affect mankind? That's where it kind of foreshadows the entire series. So we're in a family breakfast here. Uh, it's Joel and his daughter who they're ball busting. A uh, little different that I noticed is Joel's daughter in the video game was uh, played by a Caucasian uh, character, her uh, voice by a woman who played a Caucasian child. But in the series, they made it more inclusive and added a mixed-race, biracial daughter for Joel's character. So, it, But then again, they also kind of changed Joel's race because he was purely a white guy in the game. Like He was very much white. And in this game, they kind of lean on the Hispanic side without really saying it. It's almost like 
it's there, but they don't really like play the ham up to it, you know. But like, all right, cool. This is a nice mixed race family dynamic, you know. Where, but then again, you don't see his wife. Just like the video game, you don't really see the wife. So, did she die or something? I completely forgot that he even had a wife in the game because it was such a quick moment where. This was like the first few minutes of the game, but they stretched it out to the entire episode. I'm just a genius, adding layers, getting to know the daughter and how she is and how she acts. And then you meet his brother right away, and they're all there, and they're just having this family dynamic, very normal. Uh, and this, in this episode, he's in his mid-30s, and he's facing old age. I mean, <laughs> funny thing is, daughter's calling him old, and he's 35. I'm like, Damn. I'm 35 too. Like I'm not. I don't think I'm that old. I mean, I don't even have a kid yet, and she's calling her dad an old man at 35. I'm like, it's just a father daughter dynamic. They're gonna call you old because you're a parent. You're supposed to be old in their in their eyes. But damn, that kind of like hit my soul right there. Like, oh man, I'm getting old. <laughs> so uh, Joel's daughter Sarah steals money from his own. Uh, while it's sort of, I'm like, okay, so this is what kind of layer the daughter is a little bit like, treat. no, 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 she wasn't trying to be malicious with money. She stole it to fix her dad's broken old watch because he wouldn't do it for himself. And because she's not working, it's just the thought that counts, so whatever. <laughs> so they show that it's in Austin, Texas, September 26th. Sarah goes to the jeweler to get Joel's watch fixed, and it's a cute sequence, but then something's happening in the news, and the shopkeeper asks Sarah to get out because they're going to shut down early for some reason. And like, okay, so something's popping off in the background. Like, there is something going on. Sirens wailing, like almost like a tornado watch or something, but no, it's much worse. So she she gets kicked out abruptly, but luckily the uh, shopkeeper was able to fix tinker and fix the watch from time before the I guess his wife or get kicked them out or something. Um, so she gets kicked out and heads home. Sarah visits the neighbors, the Adlers, because before she was dropped off of school, the neighbors say, "Hey, you're gonna come over later and bake some cookies." And she was reluctantly not trying to go hang out with old people, but her dad like, "Be nice, they're our neighbors, and you know you should always spend time with our elders." You know how that whole thing is like your parents force you to hang out with people, but this they, they seem like nice people. Like just just go, just you know just. It wouldn't kill you to just spend some time with some old folks because they won't be here long enough. Like, they're all old. It's like her wife, the husband, the wife, and the wife's mom, right? That's a dynamic. She's Her mom's very old, like, you know, barely can function sitting in a wheelchair as the husband is giving the food, spoon-feeding his mother-in-law. And then the wife's like, come over later. We'll make some cookies and have a good time. He's like, all right, man, I'll come over. Okay, so... Joel comes home late from work because something happened and, you know, it's work. It's like, I think he's working construction or something or something doesn't matter. Um, and let's see here. Uh, they watch a movie together because it's a Friday night. But, of course, Sarah falls asleep. Now, while this all happened, I completely left out the part where Sarah visits the neighbors to bake some cookies with her. And Mrs. Adler's mom is actually already infected and luckily, Sarah leaves before thing. Sarah leaves before things get crazy, and the dog is already like warning, like, "Oh, this old lady is definitely not right." <laughs> but of course, no one knows what the fungus is. Only us, the fans of the game, are going to know what exactly to expect. The fans of the show are like, "Oh, something's happening." We don't know what it is yet. But again, this whole series is—I'm using a big spoiler because I played the game. I played through every aspect of the game, and um, it's just nice to see this kind of like in episodic form because where the game was a lot of like 
you know, sneaking around trying to fight off these things. The show goes more into the family dynamic of dealing with, uh, I guess you can call it the zombie apocalypse or a fungi apocalypse of some sort. So Joel gets home late, watches some of his daughter, they pass out, and then Joel has to bail out his brother out of jail because he got in a bar fight, and it's Friday, so if he doesn't bail out tonight, he's going to be there until Monday, you know how that goes. So he gets up at, what, 2 in the morning, I think it was, and goes to pick his brother up at, uh, at the pokey. Uh, so the neighbor's dog, Mercy, is literally just running out of the house and just hitting at a, their their door, like, you know, just to, like, get attention from Sarah, who wakes up to some noises. So the neighbor's dog, Mercy, warns, and they escape, and she tries to take the dog over back to the house, and just, like, it's like a horror movie, like, oh, man, don't let this happen. So Sarah visits the Adler's home, finds Mrs. Adler. I mean, Mrs. Adler. I'm talking about the hus- the wife and the husband, right? The the, the married couple, and hurt and Miss Mr. Adler almost dying, and then Nana is be, uh, eating the mom like almost like a zombie would. And Sarah narrowly escapes. Luckily, Joel walks with, uh, and, and hits Nana with a monkey wrench, a big ass monkey wrench, and knocks her out cold. And uh, he did not <laughs> hold back. He's like, this woman is not right. So the, his brother Tommy is cutting through fields. Um, they try to escape town, and their highways are blocked. So they try to go through the fields, but there's a lot of people with the same idea. So you got the entire, I guess, um, Army, Army National Guard, and F, you know the whole state troopers blocking ways to get out because if it's an infection in town and people are going crazy running amok because they're cutting through downtown Austin. So they run through Austin and Sarah gets shot by some soldier sadly and dies. This part hit my soul. I'm like, oh man, I know it was going to happen, but how it happened in the show, it's like, man, it happened so uh, yeah, it's it's different when you're watching a video game, when you, play, when you see it in live action, it definitely hits the emotions. And of course, Pedro Pascal, very good dramatic actor, like he just feel for the guy, right? Even if you don't have a kid, you feel for him because he just lost all he had. He doesn't have a wife anymore. Who knows if she passed away or they abandoned her? Like, you know, you don't know the, the situation here. Like, did a wife die of cancer or something? Or did a wife just, like, abandon the family? Like, I don't know. what They don't really mention the mom at all. So I don't know what the dynamic is there. But this is all he has. I mean, her and his brother, Tommy, who's kind of a knucklehead. And um, it's... Luckily, Tommy, though, is an army vet and was able to shoot the... Because they were going to kill... He was the This uh, National Guard uh, soldier was ready to kill both of them as he was talking to walkie. And before he can kill Joel, this is where Tommy comes in with his sniper rifle and, and, and pretty good aim, close, close combat, and takes down the soldier. So Joel lives. But sadly, Sarah was struck, and it's like, damn. This is where the show got deep. Real quick, within 40 minutes, you got introduced to his daughter and his brother and... Then he loses his daughter right away in the first episode. This is like if The Walking Dead, if Carl was supposed to die in the first episode. You know, like, that's the kind of, like, wow, it hits hard. And um, so Sarah escapes, but it, only to just die in the hands of, I mean, I guess it's a less gruesome death, but it's sad that that's, you see a child die on screen. Like, I, I, I definitely have a weak stomach for that kind of stuff. So... There we go. So after all this happens, we fast forward to modern day. So Tommy goes his way and Joel went their way. We fast forward to 2023 and we're in Boston now. We're in my neck of the woods. And a child walks into Boston and is sent to get tested for the virus. No parents just walking alone. Someone Boston at this point is like a 
gated community is pretty <laughs> not far off from the reality. Uh, but no, Boston's point is just like a giant fortress where those who are in the zone have been going through tests, make sure that whenever they're out in the field working and come back, they're all good. And just giant wall and soldiers and stuff. And this is where I guess you can call it, like, not a quarantine zone, there's a name for this. I guess you can call it safety zone. Yeah, safety zone. So, as this is happening, some outsiders are sneaking into town, and it's a no-no, so they're having a public execution by hanging. Very old school, old west. And that's how this, uh, that's how capitalism has turned its ugly eye when the world collapses to a zombie apocalypse. That's the reality. Uh, because it just goes back to the olden days, the wild west. So here we go, where uh, let's see here. You get a you get a feel for Boston. It's not what it used to be, not what I know it of, because again, some people died of this infection. It just one of those things that sucks. Then this is like everyone loses family. Like that's the whole thing. It's like there's no pretty side to it. You just have to adapt to it. And this is the one of the parts where like you see the character development of Joel to be becoming more recluse, like Outside human bodies are being burned into like bonfires, like nothing. Like if it's just like logs in a, in a kennel, like in just normalized cremation in public. And there's a woman there who like reluctantly sees a dead child that's going to get tossed in there, and she doesn't have the stomach for it. Joel just quickly, quietly grabs the child and just throws him in like a sack of rice, like nothing. Like he's just cold. I'm like, yep, this is a guy who's been through things, and. So the child walks in, Boston is to get tested, obviously. Uh, outside human bodies are burning, yep. We talked about that public execution, three being held at the quarantine zone for being there illegally. On the side, Joel sold some oxy to a guard and during his whole public hanging, and uh, he gets some credits for it because he's got connections to some pharmacist, I guess. Uh, so Tess, who's a sister, uh, is getting interrogated. I mean, I want to call her sister. I guess he would call her like her close friend, his close friend. But she's getting interrogated when a bomb goes off and she manages to escape because she was doing something bad. <laughs> she's not exactly the most uh, noble character we've come across in the series, but who is in this kind of timely place? Ellie, who is our main protagonist, other main protagonist from the game, because the audience doesn't know. They just see her as some child. She gives a fake name and she's getting tested daily because she got bit, but she didn't turn yet. And the thing is, you don't know the show this far that she got bit. You just know that she is being tested in case she was bit, but now we know confirmation-wise she was. And again, if you play the game, you know exactly why she is uh, not turning into one of these things, into a clicker, as we used to call them. So Ellie's chained her apartment into a radiator, like a throwback old-school radiator, and I'm using the name Veronica, saying that Fred is going to look for her and take him down because this is run by the Fireflies, right? It's the Firefly unit in the game who are this, like, rebel force who was trying to take down the feds in, in this world in this dystopian future world and they're gonna bail her out because she's a kid or whatever and so anyways the cody tower q4 q bar four sorry on rural wyoming is where tommy's last whereabouts was and it was that there that they last spotted and it's a pipe dream that if they go out there they start working on the cure for this thing and get people back to normal so tess comes home and explains to Joel that their lack of a car battery is keeping them from getting anywhere. And they desperately need one. And in these times, finding a car battery is like finding gold. It is something of a privilege. It's not just something you can go down the street to Ace Hardware or, you know, uh, what else? Is, uh, is there AutoZone or something? 
any place that would have this such stuff, Home Depot, uh, I don't know, any, just think of all the, for other stores, uh, Lowell's, you know, like this, uh, Meineke, whatever, whatever place, Walmart, you can get a car battery. And, um, so they have to like trade or barter or something, work for somebody to get this stuff. So the Fireflies want to distract Fedra so they can escape Boston with Ellie and take her out west. That's the mission. And the Fireflies end up freeing Ellie from her shackles when she's like shown that she's not turning and she's staying human uh, after a few days. It gave her like a good 10 days if you think about it. And you're like, well, she hasn't turned and she's only signs of turning. So she, she missed the, she missed the real, she, she was somewhere looking for you. I don't even know how to say catchphrases. Like, uh, she dodged a bullet. There we go. Dodged a bullet. Sorry, folks. I'm tired. It's coming from the gym. So excuse me if I sound like I'm droning on. Um, but I got to get these podcasts out. So as we go through this, uh, Marlene, the leader of the Fireflies, explains to Ellie that her greater purpose and her plan is to send her to leave tonight to help create, I guess, an anti-serum uh, cure of some sort. It's all a pipe dream to Joel because he's he's already lived through this for 20 years and had all the signs of hope just went out the window. And Tess and Joel sneak into a building, find a dead infected guy glued to the wall. The hallways are freshly dead bodied and Marlene's team is there and Joel's team is there and to make a bargain. To, you pretty much, uh, it's a cargo run, right? Just take Ellie to the next Firefly base. So they have to take Ellie to the old state house to the Firefly station there, and they'll pretty much take her out west bit by bit, right? Just give them the one group to get the next group of Fireflies until she ends up out on the west coast. So Marlene and Joel's team make this bargain to take Ellie over there for a car battery, and then the Fireflies will supply him and Tessa with the car battery. So Tess, Ellie, and Joel head out, and this is where the dynamic of, I guess, the odd couple pairing of uh, Joel and Ellie start and how Tess is <laughs> trying to threaten Ellie if she tries to, like, escape. It. Essentially, they they don't trust her one bit. She could be turning, but she shows the bite mark. It shows that she has not turned yet, so relax. But she is something special if they're going to go through all this trouble to transport her halfway across the country, especially during these times. So they have to sneak out. Um, the guard notes that um, to Joel is because he's the one he bought the drugs off of him. Um, but anyways, Ellie attacks him and they take down the guard. Joel, because again, they're in a safety zone. You can't escape without permission. So they escape. So Joel was having some PTSD of his daughter's death as he saw the guard pointing a gun to Ellie and he just had let him have it. So that's how the first episode ended. It ended on Joel's you know, PTSD just ravaging him. Episode 2, The Infected, Jakarta, Indonesia, September 23rd, 2003. 2003. I was in middle school at this point. My God. Uh, a woman, or was I in, I'll probably a freshman high school. Whatever it was. A woman is being picked up by the police escort. She's being, uh, she is a university scientist and professor, and she thinks she's in trouble, but it's not. They just need her to see this in uh, autopsy room because she's an expert on this subject. I guess fungi, and she's shown this corpse with bite marks on the legs and starts cutting it up with a scalpel and seeing what's happening to this decomposing human body. She examines the mouth and freaks out. She sees, like, the roots of whatever fungi were growing out of there and runs out. Mind you, she's wearing a hazmat suit and just bursts out there, and she's like, what is going on here? 
and they brought Dr. Ibu Ratna, that's her name, as an expert, the captain of the police here, to help make a vaccine. And she's like, there's no vaccine for this. Bomb the city. Everyone let, make sure no one escapes. That was her words. This is beyond help. Just cut your losses where you can before it spreads. So this is like way back in the days to modern days. This thing started even in Indonesia, ended up all the way across the world. Of course, you know, people take flights everywhere and it spread just like a virus would. And global pandemic commenced. So there's no cure. She wants to bomb city before it spreads. It's dark, but it's real. Uh, so it's, it's the only way. So Joel and Tessa question Ellie's immunity because, of course, they're paranoid. Uh, the Fireflies out west are trying to make a miracle vaccine using her blood or DNA. Or she has some natural immunity and they want to be able to replicate whatever her blood is doing that's fighting off these fungi. So they travel through Boston in an abandoned hotel, trying to find a dead end, but Tessa climbs out, thankfully, and they end up climbing buildings. Mind you, Fanny Hall looks like it's ravaged by a bunch of clickers, just like hordes of them. And they explain how these clickers are like very sensitive to sound, even though they don't have eyes, because the fungi get into the human eyes and makes this like mushroom cloud, I guess you can call it, or cauliflower face on the damn corpses that they turn into these creatures, right? So... Again, just like the game, it's very much like on point. It's very story driven. It gets right to it, and I'm enjoying what I'm watching right now. So, again, Joel reiterates the pipe dream. It's like what happened because again, it's been 20 plus years, and they haven't felt the right chemistry or you know subject to create a uh, anti serum for this thing. So they travel through Boston, trying not to wake up any of these creatures, and. Um, they go to the abandoned hotel and near the state house, and they find a dead end. But Tessa Clark, yeah, I already said that. Sorry about that. Uh, so they end up finally at the state house, old state house, and they are there. Well, not the old state house. Let's clarify. The old state house is near uh, State Street, near near uh, the financial district of Boston. The new state house, which is right up the hill, uh, it's enormous. They finally get there, and the Firefly base is just emptied with. I mean, it has people, but they're all dead. Like, all the fireflies here were killed. And it wasn't clickers. It was definitely a human fight. Pretty much rebels just fighting each other. So they finally get to the base, but there's no one there. So now it's up to Joel. Like, do I have to take this girl all the way out west myself? Like, do I really need this in my life? And this is where Tess is like, you have to do it. But everyone else inside is dead. And Tess it finally reveals that she's actually infected. And ask Joel to take Ellie to Bill and Frank's and let her know what to do next. Bill and Frank is their friends and they're guys who are just reliable in how to transport people. And uh, they want to make sure that she gets the right location. So this is where somehow they kill one clicker. And since they're all like rooted together underground by like miles of like microfibers, you kill one, the rest get perked up and start attacking, kind of like a virus would. And they all start running towards the state house, like a horde of hundreds of them. So the horde of clickers arrive at the base, and Tessa manages to light a, uh, a zip, a zip, a zippo, whatever it's called, the, the, the lighters, and you smoke cigarettes with, I don't know, a zip lighter, yeah. And as one of the clickers kind of makes out with her, and I guess that's how they infect, the, well, they know they infected, how they completely convert them to one of their own. But luckily, she had spread oil throughout the whole floor, 
blowing up the building. Mind you, live grenades and ammunition. So Joel could have, I think he grabbed some, but he just ran out of there with Ellie. And sadly, Tessa's time was coming short. So the horde of clickers arrive at the base. Tessa lights up, lights it up, and everybody just blows up. And then this is where, this is literally how the episode ends. Just Ellie and Joel sad that they lost a friend. And that she did the ultimate sacrifice in order to save them and distract this giant horde of these zombies, if you want to call them, if you want to call them that. And I'm like, damn, this series is picking up quick. This is the second episode, and we've gone through some firefights and character development, mind you, as well, too. But again, it's getting right to the point. We're not wasting any time building up the world. You already know what this world is within the first 30 minutes because it gives you so much story and background and how virus is spread and how the even the monologue in the first episode was genius just having this like tv was explaining it similar to the x-men how professor xavier was splitting the mutant genes like it they took little aspects of different movies and tv shows and kind of added this to the show to give it this in-depth layer that it needed and pizzazz you want to call it and it keeps you entertained i wasn't bored one bit i watched these episodes like man this is genius i can't believe they pulled it off and yeah they did, and that's only two out of the 11, 10 or 11 episodes so far, and I'm already impressed. So I give both these episodes, I kid you not, five stars. And that's because it kept me engaged, and they, guess what? They stuck, they stuck to the story. They didn't try to make any, any new liberties to change it up. Did they change certain characters? Absolutely. Does that matter? No, because it doesn't affect the story. Did it affect the Ellie's character look more normal that's the one thing i hated is the actress that plays ellie great actress lady mormon from game of thrones right so her and uh Pedro Pascal obviously were in the same show in game of thrones when he was uh lord Oberyn. and bella ramsey great actress nico parker who plays sarah miller joel's daughter nico i didn't know this until after the fact is the daughter of Fandy Way Newton, who's a great British actress herself. So I'm like, I knew that lady looked uncanny. Like, they look very similar. And this is, like, one of her first roles in American TV. Uh, she is a lovely young actress. Sadly, she died slow, so quick in the show, but she added so much of her charm to the first episode and giving the backstory of why Joel's daughter was such a great kid, even though she was rough around the edges of the parts, but she was normal, like any other teenager was. And... Of course, Peter Pascal stole the damn show here because he's the Mandalorian. He is one of the coolest actors in Hollywood right now, one of the hottest actors in Hollywood as far as you put him in a project, it's going to be a good project, and delivered. So with that being said, this has been my review of the HBO Max slash Warner Brothers property, Last of Us, based off the Naughty Dog video game of the same name. Uh, man, one of the better shows on HBO Max, soon to be the Max. So it's going from HBO Max to Max, which I think is like a dumb decision because the name brand is right there. But whatever, that's their decision at Warner Brothers and Slash Discovery. But yes, this has been one of the better shows so far. Very engaging, and of course, good storytelling without giving you a stupid filler. <laughs> so, so I mean, I kept myself engaged. So that being said, I recommend this show highly. And I can't wait to deep dive in future episodes. But this has been the first ep- first two episodes so far. Can't wait to see where the series goes and seeing how much of it stays similarly sim- same. Because there are going to be some liberties. They're going to have to, at some point, take out some, add some stuff for the sake of uh, actual episode length. And which parts of the game may get to television. 
and are added to the series, in which parts they kind of just breeze through because it doesn't really add too much. So with that being said, thank you all for tuning in to another episode of the Podcast Mercenary Show. I'm the Podcast Mercenary, Christian Joe Ramos. So next time, thank you all for tuning in. As always, watch some shows. Peace.